All right, welcome back to Dime Boxing with Delco. We're getting right into it. Episode 22, our Swifty episode, if you will. Uh, Dimes, how you doing this week? Oh, man, pretty excited. Got a lot of things coming up less than a month away from the uh, Brotherly Love card show. Uh, National also coming up. Uh, I think I'm going to go to a couple other shows even in between there. Uh, what about you? What do you got coming up in terms of shows you're going to, obviously, other than the Brotherly Love card show? Yeah, I'm thinking Brotherly Love. Uh, big announcement, JSA will be attending the Brotherly Love show. You heard it here first on the Dime Box on the Delco pod. Um, you know, doesn't if you have any in-person autos or, you know, autographed sports memorabilia, you can take it um, at the show, um, at the Brotherly Love show and get it authenticated by the leader in autographs, uh, JSA. So I'm really pumped about that. Proud of that. Uh, shout out to Frank for working hard to get them to come. So um, that's exciting for me. And then we just at work, we've been planning for the Nationals. So I'm, I'm super excited. I'll be there Tuesday to Sunday um, and, uh, you know, just grinding and trying to get deals. But, you know, I've been making a lot of plays recently. Um, I'm really, you know, the card obsession is, is, is beaming right now for me. I don't know about you. It seems like you're just, just as deep in the game right now. Oh, definitely. But that's huge. JSA coming to the show. So they authenticate in person. So I'm assuming like if I had a player sign a card, they could authenticate that. I believe they can. Yeah, I think so. I think they do any autograph and they'll do the uh, the stickers on there. I'll find out more details and post the, uh, to Brother Love. It just came across the wire. So I might even be spilling the beans prematurely, but they did. They committed to us in DM. So um, if they don't follow through, shame on them. <laughs> that's, that's pretty big, though, because honestly, like I have I know I have one card that like is signed in person that I would definitely want to drop up like. I wonder how much I, I doubt they told you, but do you know how much it'll be per item? No, I don't I didn't find out any of the details like that. I think I will soon though. But uh yeah, I just we just on name recognition alone and them agreeing to come, like that's it. It was an easy yes. So um yeah, I'll 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 definitely in future episodes as we lead up, I'll I'll give more details there. Um, and we'll learn a little bit about like what you can do and how you can utilize JSA because um, we were redecorating the collects offices. So we were like looking at memorabilia and stuff. And anyway, so I've been looking on like pristine auction and all these memorabilia sites more. It's really cool. I kind of, I kind of like that side of it for a PC, like, um, you know, just getting some, you know, an authenticated, like really nice, like photographed auto of a player you like, like, and hang it on your wall. I think it's a cool thing and good extension to the hobby. Yeah, that's really I honestly think that that's that's really good to have that at a show because like I know for me like it's convenient like just drop a couple things off at the beginning of the show and then even as a dealer and then at the end of the show as I'm packing up like go pick them up that's that's a big thing to have there I'm assuming you'll be at the national like the whole time yeah the whole time yep flying out Tuesday and then all the way to Sunday so yeah we'll, we'll be there the whole time uh doing business by day but grinding trade nights at night i guess you know yeah i mean what do you think about like buzz leading up to the national i feel like maybe i'm thinking it was stronger last year because it was local to us last year but like i don't know it just doesn't seem the same in terms of the buzz that we have leading up to the national i agree i mean the high-end market's down right so like 
I don't think there's quite as much excitement or buzz, but I will say like, I think the, the July 4th holiday is kind of like looming over and like, as that passes and then the national is two and a half, three weeks away, I think people will start to really get excited and posting about it. And um, I've definitely seen some people that I know have booths at the national, like stocking up in a big way. So, I mean, uh, one thing I will say, though, just kind of critically about it is it's crazy to me that like people like Car Collector 2 are looking for a booth like a pretty uh, an absolute failure and travesty by the National and the people that run it for him not to have a booth at the National forever. Yeah, I saw him post that on his story. I I was thinking it could be something like he has a booth and then he realized like, oh, I have so much inventory that I could move at the National maybe I want another booth. Cause I know he does have enough employees where he could staff two booths, but you're right. If it is a if it is a case where he really doesn't have a table and he's desperately looking for one, then that's insane. Considering he's the guy who runs the trade night. Right. He's that, like, the, the trade carries. night. Could you imagine that he's freaking, he has to walk the show and then he runs the trade night at night. Like, that's like a clear because you know the trade night's kind of like loosely affiliated, but I'm pretty sure they like fund it. You know, it's not like the national doesn't fund that, at least to my knowledge. So I, I it's kind of yeah, it's just a complete miss on what actually people are interested in and what drives people out to the show. And you know, like for them to kind of like not realize that that he's an important figure is is wild to me. I could be, maybe it's wrong. Maybe he's looking for it for a friend, like you said, but I know Tyler Santiago, I mean, uh, you know, you can say whatever, but he's definitely like a pretty popular and well-known figure. Another yeah. person that had previously always had a booth doesn't have one this year in Chicago. So like, I still think they made the choices probably incorrectly on who they're assigning the booth to. Yeah. That's, that's strange that, he doesn't have one either. I mean, he definitely should. I wonder how that where I remember last year walking around the national, I remember seeing you set up. Are you, are you going to be set up again? Like, are you bringing cards or is it all uh card dealer pro? All card dealer pro for sure. I can't, I don't think I could uh, get away with like having like a, any sort of setup there this year, but I'm going to have my cards for sure. And I'll just be, you know, when I, I'm sure I'll be able to walk around the show plenty and buy um, and trade if and I'll have my stuff. But then, you know, my plan is like, the, you know, just kind of being a patron, if you will, or being a collector at the trade nights and hitting those hard and still kind of being active at the show. Um, you know, I, I have some cards that I, I'm, I'm kind of after, um, you know, uh, right now, like with uh, not just to go right into it, but, you know, like Harden kind of leaving the Sixers to me. That means, and I love Maxi so much. That means I'm going to lean in and buy some more Maxi cards. So um, I'm going to have some cards that I'm looking for from him. And I also like am interested in, you know, trading up or trading around with my Jalen Hurts one-on-one uh, autograph to get more Jalen Hurts cards or, or a rarer one, something like that. So I'm definitely looking to make some plays at the national, some like big moves also in addition to working. <laughs> Yeah, that Harden move, it, it definitely opens up space for Maxi. That's one of the things I thought about right away when I saw that. Um, and I and I'm kinda I'm kinda glad too, but I've Harden stuff is interesting because it is 
like those base tops tens are all the way down to like 300 bucks and it, it's insane like it's almost like i, I want to find the person who who was buying them at these you know february like 2021 march 2021 because like so me. it's now it was me remember? No, you weren't you weren't buying them at this high so the base tent in march 11th 2021 $9,100. You didn't get beat up that badly. What did you, you were, you were in it probably what, like 600? No, more and more. I was around like 15 when he first got traded that, I mean, different market, but then I got out of them at like six. Yeah. Ooh. Got crushed. Do you think, do you think there's any chance that they're a buy now at 300 bucks? A pop 210. That's a low pop on those 210. Probably is, you know, like he's going to have another day. He's, he's a great player. I mean, I, you know, he, he's not a great playoff player. He's proven that, but I, I you know, he's going to win games. He's going to have moments. He's going to score points. Like if he, if he goes to the Clippers, per, let's say that, I hope my dream scenario is that the Sixers get Kawhi. I know that like, I don't think we're getting Paul George regardless. So I think Kawhi is more on the table because given his kind of being hurt and whatever, um, I don't know if it'll work, but I think Maxi Kawhi and Embiid is actually enough to go on a run and pieces is enough to go on a run. Like I, I believe in that core, if healthy. That would Kawhi would literally be the best case scenario in terms of the most talented player that you could get right now for you know in terms of who's actually available for trade who could be trade but you want something that surprised me you know how high Harden is on the all-time scoring list already like total points Take isn't he like three or something four not active players i mean like total all-time like oh yeah scored. yeah i know he's i know he's second in three pointers um i don't know what uh what he is all time probably he's really high like 30 20 something like that He's 25 already. Yeah. An yeah, all time yeah. point. And that's great. And I'm looking like another 2,000 points puts him top 15. So he's going to be, he's going to finish in his career. And then another 1,000 after that pretty much puts him in the top 10. Like he's 3,000, he's less than 4,000 points away from passing Shaq for eighth all time in scoring, he will definitely score another 4,000 points. Like that's crazy to think he's going to end up that high all time in scoring, but I don't think that card has to be a grand though. I think it's like, I don't know. There's I've owned those. It's not as, you know, even though I agree it's pop 200, like the desire and the collectability of Harden is rough. Like when you show Harden cards to a big show, There'll be a couple like, you know, hoop heads or people that really like the Rockets teams and they'll they'll like still want them. But I don't know. It's just like there's not a big buyer pool for him. And I don't know if that changes. Like, I like think about like even like somebody that's like not collectible, like Tim Duncan. Like, I still think he's like way more collectible. You know what I mean? Somebody equally kind of is cheap. Yeah. No, the Tim Duncan comparison like puts anybody's base pretty much in it. Like, to Shane, like even, you know, especially compared to the modern guys. But yet that I, I was thinking about even trying to look for, because the reason it's so low pop is even though it's white border on the front, it's black border on the back. Like I was going to see, it's probably impossible 
considering it came out in 09, but to find some that actually have like a solid black border on the back. And oh, see so if hard. That pop's not going anywhere. Like you said, yeah. Right. It's probably that pop is probably not moving, but I'd be curious. Maybe I'll take a stab at a few of them. And if I can move the pop, that would be fire. But it's highly, highly unlikely to happen. But good, a uh, good transition there. Like, I mean, uh, are you still grading a lot of cards with the current special, or or what? What have you been up to? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the fifteen dollars special has been great. It ends tonight, so um, Shit. pretty impatiently waiting on my mail to be delivered, and so that I can get the rest of the stuff that I, I think I might have. Like, I might have ten cards. Should I? I can send them in for you, dude. Should I send should I send an order away or should I wait and see what the July special is tomorrow? It's interesting because like I said the on the last one, like it, you know, last year a national special was a big thing for them. So I would assume they would have some type of bulk special for the national. But I, I don't know. Is there a minimum with the $15.90 special? I is there a 20 card minimum with bulk with that? I think it's a, it went down to 10. Oh, 10. That's actually that's one heck of an offer they're giving people there. 10 card yeah. minimum. It's kind of weird though. Like as long as I don't know, I had good cards in the last time that last one I sent, but if you're sending like fringe cards, it's like doesn't feel like enough. But I don't know. I really like sending frequent subs because I love getting subs back. It's like it's really so fun and just a great way. And just a, such a consistent way to maximize value, um, I find. It's it's better than ripping boxes, like 100%. getting subs to pop. It's literally made. Like I just saw one of mine move from assembly to QA1 today, and I was so fired up. And, <laughs> and I know I'm hoping for a quick QA2, and then you see that shift, and you see the reveal at the bottom of the app, and it's just literally the best. Do you think that the app – I feel like the app has – just really changed the experience for the better. I even saw uh old man Jason BB card. Shout out, shout out vintage BB cards. Um he on his phone, like he was showing off like you know, screenshots from the PSA app. Like I feel Damn. like everybody uh everybody is really getting into um like that experience. I don't know. What do you think of that? Oh it, it's it's awesome. And something else that they added to the app recently, when you send in your raw cards, as soon as they get logged in, so once they get processed, and you first, obviously, they go to research ID, and then once they hit grading, and you can actually hit that down arrow and like scroll through and see your cards. Now they actually upload little pictures of the cards raw. I which saw is that. Really yeah, isn't that interesting? Cool? I think that's awesome. I mean, I think the service they're providing now is incredible. And you know what? I was someone who was very, very bitter and angry about how long the backlog took those two-year submissions. And I have to say, PSA, I'm no longer angry at you. The stuff that's going on now is awesome. Yeah, Nat Turner is a good – I think he he's definitely – they're doing some good stuff behind the scenes. But I, I thought that was really cool. Like I was like looking at my cards uh, that I had subbed and just like reviewing the scans. And um, I – so I was talking about, and I'm going to plug this, this, because I really, I want to gobble up all as many as I can and afford the blue prism, uh, to 199 maxi rookies. So I have three of them. And one of them is at the, my best one that I have is at PSA and it's perfectly centered. 
It's got like a little white on the back, but that doesn't usually rule out the potential of a 10 um, for a prism, you know, 2020 card. So I'm hopeful that it could, it could 10, but anyway, if anybody has uh, a maxi blue prism, the 199, the true blue, uh, I will pay a hundred percent comps for that card. Yeah. I wonder is maxi stuff. Have you seen it go up already since the Harden announcement? No, I don't, I don't think it, I don't know that it has yet. Um, I do know I saw uh, a couple like sales sold posts on maxi cards, like just anecdotally in my Instagram feed um, that are pretty big cards. So I, I think, I think, and I saw Matt, uh, Matt BB uh, cards, also said like he was looking for a maxi prism stuff so i think other people have the idea that i have that like him becoming the lead guard and actually that is true now like if they're gonna you know harden has the request in and he has a team and like the clippers have a lot of even if it's not Kawhi or pg the clippers have a lot of pieces even if it's bones highland and a few, few other pieces and that sets the sixers up to go young like compare it like a a team around maxi like I mean, that's good, you know, so I, I, um, I, I, I kind of believe that he is going to get dealt to the Clippers like that's going to end up happening just because they have so many assets. And I think the fit makes sense for Harden to go to L.A. Um, and kind of pair with that team. Just give they want to have a chance to win. They've like mortgaged their whole future on winning now. And for Maxi, with, you know, if it's really him and Embiid running the show, Embiid is not an 80 game a year kind of guy like Embiid's going to be especially as he gets older and older he's going to be taking a lot of games off he's going to be out a lot of games and I feel like when that happens Maxie's going to have monster games it's going to be like back in the day when like Westbrook and KD were younger like whenever KD was out like Westbrook would have monster game like Maxie's going to be that guard where like wherever the main guy is out he's just going to have a monster game and I think like that kind of stuff is going to just keep happening and I, I think it really does help him a ton I Harden going to the Clippers would be interesting I would if we could get Kawhi, that would be for the Sixers, I think, absolute best case scenario. That would be amazing. That would be a great big three. I saw a little bit of uh, what I would consider smart money start to buy basketball cards um, recently as opposed to football. And I think that's kind of interesting because, you know, if everyone is only buying Trevor Lawrence, you know, Fields, Howell and Ritter cards like is the opportunity somewhere else for like medium plays you know five you know three to six month plays in the sports card hobby like to me that's what makes sense like buy right now in the off season just simple wins where you know like you know De'Aaron Fox Silver's like going to a hundred bucks you know for a BGS 9.5 like there, you know, that that's something that like that team's going to be good again. He will play basketball again. And he didn't really do anything that wrong last year. There's no real perception change. It's just seasonality, you know, like there's just a lack of money and interest in basketball cards and there's too many of them. But that'll change and football cards will get overpriced and the season will happen. And then people will be all hyped to go back and buy basketball cards and search for opportunity again. And, you know, so. I think that's that that that's where I've been trying to think about. Um, and maybe I'm gonna 
kind of move off some of my football and try to put in some bigger, bigger hoops plays. Yeah, I mean, you're right, especially with guys like Fox, who you see go up during the season, like another one. Like I always, I've said before, Embiid is one who always dips hard in the offseason. Like there's certain veterans. I've noticed the younger guys seem to stay higher. The guys that people are really speculating on seem to stay higher. But the guys who go up during the season because people are watching them play really, really well, like Embiid and Fox. And I think that could start happening with a guy like Giannis, who had a disappointing exit to his season. Like the veterans, there's a lot of those guys who people aren't thinking about. A a guy who's really taken a heavy dip, which is rightfully so because he, you know, should be playing more than he has is the guy we were just talking about, like Kawhi, like you'd be shocked. I mean, up until the last auction ended, his base tens have been down below 140. Wow. That's his base rookie tens. They were over five grand during the bubble. For 2012 to first year. Right. First year prison. Yeah. Like I was thinking like him and Lillard are kind of the same, like, if they were to change teams or something would have changed, they like actually have a chance. There's it's interesting. Cause like there's guys that are collectible, but you know, the hype is just nowhere to be found. Like if they don't have a chance to win, then like, what's the point after 10 years in the league, you know what I mean? Like we already know they're good, but if they don't have a chance to win, why am I, the cards aren't going up in value, but it's kind of like, as they have a chance, they can become like super collectible again and their stuff can, you know, get hot and go on a run if they change their circumstance and like actually have like newfound hope. And I think it's also people are trying to think of ways to be more of speculation, less of sure thing. Like, you know, people buying a younger player as opposed to like the veterans is being more of a speculator. And and I think that's what, people want to do so that's why you see those prices like a lot of times i've noticed especially in years past with the younger guys their prices will like creep up during the off season we see that more in football than basketball but it used to happen a lot in basketball too yeah have you been paying attention to baseball at all there's been a lot of storylines and stuff going on there not too too much yet i mean i i don't know in terms of cards not too much with baseball because it, the baseball card market is just tough, especially the prospecting. But what are, what are some of the big storylines? I just that like Ellie De La Cruz is kind of dominating things. Shohei Otani, big Shohei Otani, are they're spiking up and like setting record sales after he had ten Ks and uh, hit two home runs in a game. So um, I, there's definitely some buzz around like the high end baseball market right now. I think for you, the reason you're not more into baseball, it's really tough to grade. It's not because of Bowman Chrome's. It's not like a fun thing to like grade to win. Um, and also the it's kind of long-term plays too. Well, what I've done a lot with baseball is go after veteran refractors like Trout and Harper and judge. And uh, you've done well with that. Yeah, for sure. It, like that's, and that's like the simplest thing, like for people, if you want to get into grading some stuff, like even just pick the biggest you guys and get their veteran color refractors. Like I'm not very well versed on UFC, but like if I want to start making money on UFC cards, I know that there's guys like McGregor and John Jones, you know, who are some of the biggest names 
just buying their refractors and sending them in is probably a pretty good way to start. But yeah, Otani's been doing amazing. I just actually bought some, uh, a lot of Otani rookie cards off of some guy on eBay. I just got the notification that he shipped. So I'm looking forward to going through those. It's some, some decent ones, a Chrome rookie and all, you know, so I'm uh, hoping that some of those will show up pretty clean because if they can make a playoff run, I think you're going to see some good things happen. I mean, my, you know, Trout not not doing too hot. The batting average needs to come up. But I think Otani cards – imagine if Otani does this through the playoffs and gets them a ring. Like, his stuff's going to go nuts. Oh, it would – yeah, it would go through the roof. It might even go – it would go – it might even go, like, and rival some of Trout stuff on the high end um, just because – you know, he's so unique and so one of a kind. And even though Trout is incredible, he's got to finish out the career at a still like a pretty good trajectory to be like fully all timer. Like, I mean, he's already there, but, you know, fully kind of compete with Mickey Mangle type of thing. And Otani's doing something so one on one or so something we haven't seen since like Babe Ruth that, you know, he does have the potential to just like reach new heights, be kind of a, a crazy thing. Um, one big card I made, I, I don't know why I did this, just kind of a wild play, uh, impulsive decision. I bought a, uh, a blue ice PSA nine Trey Young. Um, I, I just kind of thought like, I just thought that like, uh, I really love the blue ices too. I've been stacking them. It's just like wild, like a lot of different ones. Um, I think they're really liquid and, uh, just kind of fun cards. And they're also, you know, I, I think they're so desirable that, people will take them kind of in trade. Um, if I, you know, see something I really wanted at the national. So yeah, I have that incoming. I don't know if hopefully they do something different um, in free agency and their team's got like a different look um, to it, but I still think he's, he's a solid player and just too good of a shooter to stay as bad as he had a year they had last year. And he's already been to the Eastern conference finals. He has some serious numbers for his cards being as cheap as they are, but also blue ice 2018 best year of blue ice. The, the baby blue ice is yeah. like that. eye appeal is just unreal for that. They ruined it. I don't know why they went away from the, the baby blue ice, like football still baby blue. Right. And they, uh, um, and then like, I don't know why basketball went to the dark blue ice. I, I hate that. I, I agree. Football, they stayed pure. And they also kept football out of 99. I don't know why for what is one of the most classic parallels, blue ice for basketball, they jacked it up to out of 125. Like it just makes no sense. But yeah, Trey Young, he's a guy whose stuff has just gotten absolutely. So I just pulled up card ladder. Like, and this is insane to me. His silver is under 200 bucks as a 10. It was over 3,700 bucks. It peaked in early 2021 mm. and they're under 200. I mean, it's a high pop. It's over 2,300. Um, I've owned some in the past. Luckily I don't still own any, but. I think that's a solid long-term hold though. I don't know. Um, Silver is like, it's at least shiny. You know what I mean? Even though it's 2000, like I think he'll have another moment, but then again, I'm like thinking about my advice on, I'm not sure about Harden pop 200 at uh, $300. I don't, it's probably, I, I think the Harden's the better buy versus the Trey Young silver at 200. Well, yeah. And the whole issue with like the, in, when you start talking about long-term is 
with Trey Young is, you know, then they have the, there's the optic hollows and there's, there's the optic reds out of nine. There's a prism red out of two nine, nine, the prism blue, the print, you know, you got all the color and then you got the prism red ices. And so long-term, I don't think any of this stuff is going to be pretty tough. Hopefully some of the true silvers uh, as tens can hold some value, but with Trey, he just, he's put up such huge numbers and he's been like, an all-star starter. He's had such a great start to his career, but just gets no respect. And it's not even just in the hobby. It's like in basketball, in talks in general, but you would also think like his style of play is perfect for cards. He jacks threes, he hits them. He is a great passer, exciting guard, quick player, like a smaller shooter, crafty scoring. Like you would think that that's it's the opposite of a big man, which is what people say does not sell. Like Trey Young is the opposite of a big man. And he puts up huge numbers. He plays for a team that has a pretty big following. The Hawks are a big part of Atlanta, you know, and, and he still just can't get the respect. Yeah. I think like in the years that he won, I think he got it. So I don't know. We'll see. It, it doesn't help that he has like his cards have this, uh, notorious reputation of being shilled like that's not a fun thing to like you know what I mean um I, I don't know if that's true or not but like that always being the the rumor like can't help people wanting to get in on auctions I think it is true for high-end cards is what I've heard like the silver tens like you're fine those aren't getting shilled but the high-end like apparently there's some dudes in Asia who bought a bunch of the super high-end trays and obviously they probably paid way too much and now they're just trying to play defense so they're just creating all these accounts and just not letting anybody actually win them so no one can know like the real price like it's like it, it's like a secret what it's actually worth because these dudes can just show every single I mean it takes some dedication to do that but if you have enough money in someone they're probably like shit in bed right now nervous as hell that you know, it's going to keep going down. Yeah, it definitely becomes the long-term play for them. Um, yeah, for sure. And I think in, another interesting thing with Trey Cards is that he, he's always going to be in that same class with Luca. And, and that set was, like, that 2018 set is one of the most important in the history of Cards because, like, that was a huge part of the spark. It was that and really 2019 Prism Basketball that did it. But like Lucas, I mean, it, it's interesting. The Luca base, right when they got knocked out, dropped right down to like 250, and they've just kind of stayed there. Like, I wonder if it's just going to keep ha doing this thing where when something bad happens, it is a violent drop and then just stays there stagnantly and then has a nut. Like, that's what, that's what do you think? So, what do you think's a better buy? Uh, Maxi Blue Prism PSA 9 for $150 or a Luka Doncic Blue Prism BGS 9 for $5,000. Maxi. All day Maxi. Like, just think about that for Not a even like, close. Wait a minute. That is in... Luka, the, the Luka hype is still so stupid. I, I hate yeah. that that is so much more. First of all, the PSA over BGS, I like the PSA 9 over the BGS. And then, I mean... That is insane. Luca has zero rings and zero MVPs. I get that he has had great seasons and he has, but like he's a better player. He's got a higher ceiling, and I totally get it. But the 5K for the same card of Maxi that goes for a 150, like 
yeah, it's just it it on that on that Luca in particular, I really don't see. I don't understand why. I guess because it's color match and it's such a clean color match. Maybe that the 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 true blue becomes like you know equal to like a higher percentage versus his gold or like whatever. I don't know, but um, yeah, it's an easy choice to not put all your eggs in Luca like that. I mean, I would love to own a really nice Luca. I think he's an awesome player. He's one of my favorite uh, basketball players, period, in the league. Like, I, I really like watching him, but it's it's hard to own. He's like a hard guy to collect, right, at least right now, um, until – he either uh, if he wins, I don't. It won't get any better. But if he gets beat up and doesn't win for a few years and has kind of a Peyton Manning, um, he'll never do it. Kind of start to his career, like maybe stuff comes back down to earth. But it probably will never be 150 bucks though. But and also when you compare the the two of them, the market cap. There's so many more Luca cards that have been graded that you can buy than there are maxi like. Even just looking like the Maxi Silver 10, the pop on the Maxi Silver 10 is 295. The pop on a, a, a Lucas Silver 10 is is close to, I bet, let's see. I yeah, bet it's, it's probably similar to 10 least, times right? that. It's 2200. So wow. the Luca pop is almost 10 times the Maxi. And it's that way with almost every parallel. And you got to think, you know, with Luca, people are sending in the prism insert. No, why do you think that is? They had to produce more prism in 2020. Center. Did they include less silvers or something? It was it was all centering. The 2020 set was really tough. That's why, like, if you yeah. look like the LeBron horizontal silver from 2020 prism sells stupid expensive as tens because like almost all the silvers from that year off center. Like even look at like the LaMelo ball who you would think everyone like when that product came out and that came out too, when cards were so fucking expensive, like everyone was trying to grade the LaMelo silver tens and the pop for those is only 287. So like when you think about that and there, it's not that the silvers were even that much rarer. They probably aren't. It's probably the opposite. I bet there's, two to three times the amount of Lamello silvers in circulation than there are Lucas, but the quality control in 2020 was atrocious. Yeah. Now that you say that, I do remember because I had some nice silvers of like Ant-Man that I pulled. Cause I, when, when, when that prism dropped retail, like I went and had, I bought boxes. Like I had, but I ripped blasters of that. And I remember pulling like an Ant-Man silver and just terribly off center, you know, like every, mm-hmm. I, I didn't get any centered cards from, from those rips. Like, and I remember even getting some megas that year too. And like the, like the red ices were all OC, especially like the, the good ones, the ones you wanted to be centered. Yeah. It, it is that for that year, it is really, really tough. Like it, for all the, all the top rookies, like they are tough, tough, tens and that that's why it, and so that's interesting when you see that like that doesn't even crack into the price difference with maxi and luca like that is insane 150 to 5000 yeah and it's not like maxi maxi's also a color match i mean to me you know you could argue i guess you could argue he's wearing a white jersey but you know the sixers blue like it's pretty similar to the true blue um 
Yeah. I wouldn't mind a, a white sparkle, I guess. That's my, that's my, I want, that's another like dream Jalen Hurts card, uh, the white sparkle prism because he's wearing the white Eagles jersey. It's pretty dope. Oh, that would, that's probably a, a pretty big card now, especially. Yeah. The, it's uh, like 2,500 and like a nine. It's huge. Oh, that is huge. Holy yeah. Cow. Yeah. Those, you know, I feel like those uh, non print run, uh, you know, but short printed parallels get out of control because they're hard to understand. Like, and there, if there's only, there's only like 20 of them and they don't pop a ton. And um, yeah, I think I had the opportunity to buy one of those at much cheaper, like maybe like 12 to 1400 um, before he really, really popped off. And I, and at the Vegas show in October of last year, and I didn't pull the trigger um, definitely should have. You you're you're one of the most dedicated though day one uh, believers. Well, I don't know about that of Hertz or. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, I got confused with that. I thought you were talking about Maxi. No. Oh right. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I definitely love Maxi. Uh, you know, another thinking on him on the collectability. Like, I think it's just like the perfect combination of. Uh, just attitude and now like he's got the team and the the shots to go like become collectible and yeah, people love him in the city i i really think the hobby the hobby has already gotten behind maxi a couple times you know what i mean and um i would not be shocked if if he becomes like one of the really sought after player sought after players as the chips settle especially if maury nails the trade and like we get a lot of value back and it's still kind of features Maxi as the lead guard for Nick Nurse. Um, you know, I, I see I see big things for his cards, but it'll be fun either way because he's somebody I I have in my collection even before that this all had happened. Dude, imagine Kawhi playing for Nick Nurse again with freaking Maxi and Embiid. That's who I really that's who I want. I mean Kawhi would be insane. Yeah, like come, like how it would make sense since he ruined our last biggest chance uh, with the shot in Toronto. Like he comes back to Philly and, you know, like on a one year bender and just wins us a ring. And then he can go off and do nothing and we can get some young talent in around. And I don't, you know, like I just want to, that'd be sick. I think uh, Sixers wasted a really good opportunity this year, like with how like the chips fell with not, you know, facing the heat and stuff. So, this is actually the most optimistic I've been just that Harden opted in and now we're going to trade him. Like, I think that's actually a really good position for them to be in. And I think Maxie's the type of player where he, it's almost like, how do you say it? It's like I appeal or he, he passes the eye test when you watch him play more so even than his statistics do. So if he's a guy where he's playing in the finals where people can actually see him play. I think that would help him a ton too. Like he is lightning quick. Like he is great to watch. And I think that that's like a huge thing too. When sometimes when people finally get to see someone, like it's the same thing, like De'Aaron Fox, like he's a guy really athletic, lightning quick, passes the eye test. People finally got to see him play this year in the playoffs a little bit. And, and when they were winning a lot of games, they got, you know, some nationally televised games and his prices went up because of that. Yeah. Time zones matter too. It's like on the East coast, East coast bias, it's tough to watch a Kings game. They don't get a ton of nationally televised games. So you're, you know, it's like, even if you catch them, they're on at 10 PM. So it's tough. Yeah, that's true. That's a big factor too. Definitely. Yeah.
Um, well, yeah, you got anything else for this week? I think that that's a pretty good place to wrap up. Thank you guys for listening. Um, looking forward to what we got coming next week. Looking forward to the Brotherly Love Card Show coming up. Yeah, absolutely. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening.